Hey, thank you for listening in to Risky Benefits, a podcast that informs you on all things benefits. We've got a saying around here. Benefits isn't your main business, it's ours. Hey everyone, thank you for listening to Risky Benefits and welcome to this week's episode. Our guest this week is Dr. Jada Jackson-Hill, a licensed mental health counselor with Listeners On Call. Listeners On Call provides the opportunity for human connection that, candidly, we all need but often struggle to find through organic environments. They help facilitate conversations to drive individuals and organizations towards healthier, more connected futures. But before we get started here, we're going to go over an overview of today's discussion. First, we're going to discuss stress reduction outlets in today's world, why talking to someone is so important and the science behind it, dose or D-O-S-E, measuring the value, inspiring meaningful connections, how do you encourage people to start the conversation, and more. But before we get into that, let's, uh, let's meet Dr. Jada, and, and thank you for joining us today. Um, maybe if you don't mind, let's start with you just telling us a little bit about yourself and your background. Absolutely. Thanks, Rick. It's my pleasure to be here. And um, of course, I'm Dr. Jada Jackson-Hill. I just like people to just call me Dr. Jada uh, for simple um, correspondence. And I'm the Vice President of Wellbeing for Listeners on Call. I'm a licensed mental health counselor, a licensed professional counselor. I absolutely love educating and working with people to address some of the sticky mental well-being issues that all of us have. Um, And again, I do lots of corporate trainings and just really passionate about mental well-being. That's awesome. Dr. Jada, what what side of the country are you on? Where are you located? I am located in the beautiful area of DFW, so Dallas-Fort Worth. That is Oh, nice. Okay. Okay. You know, I always talk to buddies that are from there and they're all, what you, we'll be talking and then somebody will say, oh yeah, yeah, I'm from the Metroplex. Yes. And, exactly. and all my friends, they'd be like, the Metroplex, what is that? Like a building or something? And they're like, nah, man, it's like this big place is this big space and just a lot, you know, it's like a big city. And you're like, yeah. Oh, okay. I had to include it. I had to include DFW because it is, it's like the Metroplex. Yeah, it's, it's Dallas, Fort Worth and everything surrounding it. So yeah, it's the Metroplex for sure. Yeah. And if you, and for all those listening, like, man, if you've been there recently, it's just booming, it's growing and it's constantly changing. Hey, I think personally, I think it's the place to be. Where are you, Rick? I'm in Tallahassee, Florida. So North Florida, uh, a lot slower than where you're Uh at, Uh, but I get a direct flight to you. So, you know, I can get out there. I can get out there. Get that Um, feel. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And we've got a team out there. So I, I, I do get out there often and enjoy the area. Um, well, Dr. Jada, thank you very much for coming on today. Um, so it, it, maybe we just jump right into it. And if you don't mind, I'll just ask. Uh, so what is Listeners on Call? Absolutely, Rick. And so Listeners on Call is a behavioral health-based peer support for individuals who really want to connect with someone and have that safe space, that safe, judgment-free environment to talk about some of their stressors their challenges. And one of the things I honestly believe is that we all need that safe space to speak to someone. And with listeners on call, you get to do it at any moment, any time that you need to connect. 
And so to us, it's a, a very uh, gentle entry point to have those subclinical conversations that can also be elevated to clinical conversations if the situation arises. So that's it in a nutshell. It's being able to talk through our stressors and have that human connection in a safe space. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. Um, well, you, you kind of brought it up. So maybe I could just, we could delve into it a little, you know, what are some stress reduction outlets that you feel are most prevalent in today's world? Well, you know, I like to use myself as an example, Rick, because I believe everyone can utilize or need um, stress reduction outlets. And for me, physical activity is, you know, high on the totem pole, but also just having someone to come converse with, to um, get that conversation going about some of my daily stressors. But then of course we have to consider diet, um, meditation and yoga, guided imagery is another really big one uh, for me that I love. And of course, deep breathing, because when we take in that deep breath, the oxygen is released to the brain, the brain automatically signals to the rest of the body to relax. And so that is a great uh, stress alleviator. Um, you know, something as simple as just going for a walk, Rick, I know it sounds very uh, simplistic, but it helps getting that vitamin D also outside in the sun is necessary. So again, that self-care, anything that is surrounding self-care is important. So I'm going to put you on a spot, Rick. Uh, what are your stress alleviators? You know, it's funny. <laughs> I literally, I had this conversation with somebody. I went to the gym yesterday, uh, my lunch break, and I, I go in there and, and I just, you know, you see all these social media posts, videos where people make these, they're, they're neat. They make these little videos, but one of the guys, he's like recording it and he's talking and he's at the gym and, and it's superimposed over right, him lifting right. weights. And it's like, I come here to get away from life. I come here to relax. And I'm in my head, I'm like, man, I don't know who this dude is, but like I whoop my butt every time I go to the gym and I get anxiety walking in. I'm like, I'm going to hurt myself today. This is a terrible idea. You know, and it's funny. Like I, that's my thing. Like I go, I, I, I do it religiously or, or, you know, with discipline and I, and I constantly do it. Mm -hmm. And, um, I mean, it hurts and I destroy myself. And honestly, I think it's the feeling when I'm done that really I'm chasing, which right. is Rick, you did what you said you were going to do today. Um, and I'm glad you, you mentioned that because, because later on um, in our conversation, we're going to talk about just that. And then I get to tell you what's actually happening in your brain. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. Cause I could tell you right now what's happening in my mind. Right, my right. mind's like, Rick, don't do this. Exactly. <laughs> don't do this. It's going to hurt. The reason why you feel, there's a reason why you feel better after. And, and yeah. that's a great example because what we really want is we want to walk away from whatever that experience is feeling better, right? And you gave yeah. me a very interesting dichotomy is that when I went in, it was like, I hate this, but- no, Don't do it. <laughs> yeah. And so we have this very interesting struggle sometimes of, you know, sometimes what we have to do and what we should do is eventually going to make us feel better. 
And so yeah. that's a, a very important point to make. So to your question, Rick, there are a variety of different ways we can eliminate those everyday stressors or the symptoms of those everyday stressors. And um, we just have to find what works for us. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to getting more in that. You know, the, the next question I had on the list for you was um, essentially why is talking to someone so important for mental health? So when we talk, when we vent, when we're able to really get out what it is we're feeling, we're communicating the emotion, getting the feelings out, what happens is it lowers our stress level, it lowers anxiety. And it's no different than filling up a glass of water and the water just you know, continues to overflow if you don't stop the water, the faucet, the water in the faucet. Right. And so, you know, it's the same um, dynamic. We continue to take in information. That information impacts us emotionally and our emotions continue to build and to swell. And there's no elimination of that. And so just to be able to connect with someone who has a shared human experience like ours, and it could be anything. It could be divorce. It could be parenting. It could be um, being a single mom. It could be um, being an empty nester. Whatever the issue is, to be able to connect with someone and let them know, hey, this is what I'm feeling is a genuine uh, coping mechanism that helps us alleviate stress. That's awesome. Well, so you, you, you had mentioned it, you know, just a few minutes ago, we were kind of teasing about it, but would you mind just telling us a, a bit about the science behind connecting with others kind of through spoken language and, and how that can help what, you know, the science side of it's always intriguing. And, uh, and I think it's just something that most of us like laymen on the, on the basic level, like we don't really get into it. And you, you clearly have a much better understanding. Love to love to learn more about it. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I have the best case study that I can use, and that's me. And, you know, I believe that not only talking to someone will help me, but there is an interaction where there are chemicals that are released in the brain where I get to benefit from it. And you, Rick, as I am talking to you, get to benefit from it as well. But before I dive into that, we're, we're really just hardwired for human connection. And so connectivity, if you know anyone who understands Maslow's hierarchy of needs knows that connectivity, that third tier, is being able to connect with someone and then it fills that void for being loved, being connected to having support. And so, you know, there um, was a, a research study um, on compassion. And I thought it was very interesting because um, one of the things that they found in this study, and it was a, st a study um, at Stanford, is that social connectedness generates what's called a, a positive feedback back loop of social, emotional, and physical well-being. So essentially, 
people who feel more connected show lower levels of anxiety, lower levels of depression, and they have a greater empathy for other people, for themselves, for communities at large. And this is what is important for us to be able to not only connect, but to have healthy relationships, because that's what we really want. We want to be able to connect with people and have healthy relationships. Interesting. You know, uh, so I think about when I was a kid, I grew up as a military kid. So Mm -hmm. I went to three high schools, uh, changed schools probably every year, every two years. And it was funny because when schoolwork started to wane or if it wasn't doing so great, my parents would be like, you know, what's going on? And I'd be like, listen, I'm just trying to survive this experience. Like mm-hmm. I'm just trying to connect with people. Yeah. So, you know, you would spend the first few months like figuring out where you were going to sit in the lunchroom. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? Like figuring out how you were going to navigate the waters of this new place make friends, make connections. And then it was like schoolwork was like, I'll figure that out. Yep. Uh, and so it's in- just interesting, even reflecting on my own childhood as far as my personal experiences and how connecting was always prioritized. I always prioritized that over the academic. Mm-hmm. Now, thank goodness, like I, you know, the academic came and that worked out. You know what I'm saying? Even though I, if my parents were listening to this, they would be like, praise Jesus, I don't know if he was ever going to make it, <laughs> you know? Uh, but like, that was my mom and dad, you know, they were just freaking out and I was just trying to survive right. it. And, but, but I find it interesting to hear you say that and just uh, very true. It was true for me. And, and believe it or not, Rick, it's true in the workplace. It's that yeah. same dynamic. We're just in a diff- on a different playing ground, a playground. Yeah. And so um, that connectivity really is important, whether we're in school or whether we're in the workplace. Yeah, very interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, so would you mind talking to us, Dr. Jada, about DOSE, D-O-S-E? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So connecting with others usually... Um, especially I'll say, Rick, during stressful times, it impacts brain functioning. And um, I really love to get into brain health and all that, but I am not going to drag you through the boredom of that, Rick. I'm just (laughs) going to get to to the chase because one of the things I like doing is educating my clients, um, my supervisors, and even companies on like the importance of that brain emotional connection. And so usually, just like we're having this conversation right now, Rick, when we connect with other people, there's something very interesting that happens in the brain. We get what's called a release of the the happy chemicals in the brain. That's Mm -hmm. the dose Mm -hmm. that you're talking about. So there's the dopamine, the oxytocin, the serotonin, and the endorphins. And so you know all about these uh, brain chemicals. However, what does that really mean? It just means that the brain has a a very interesting and complicated, I should say, role in how we feel and bond with others. Um, But when we look at kind of that acronym of DOSE, it just gives us a framework to lock these chemicals in so that we understand it. So of course, the dopamine is our our motivation chemical. Um, And then we have the oxytocin, and that is the chemical that promotes um, trust, connectivity, intimacy. Um, The oxytocin is also called the love hormone. You've probably heard that um, before. It's the same chemical that's released when um, 
women bear children and they connect with the baby and that's where that bonding comes from that is the oxytocin that's that's being released and then of course there's the serotonin um, that is our confidence booster it encourages confidence and a feeling of significance and importance and then um, finally there are the endorphins and so we normally hear the endorphins like when you go to the gym and you leave the gym that's what's being released it's you get this surge of of course dopamine but the endorphins that's what makes you go oh yeah this is awesome i love it <laughs> i'm done <laughs> I'm done. Yes. <laughs> but when you go in, uh, not so much. But what happens when we exercise is, um, again, the chem the chemicals in the brain starts to flow and we get those um, that nice surge of happy chemicals in the brain. And so, believe it or not, the same thing happens when we connect with people, especially during the stressful times. That's interesting. It, it just kind of makes you wonder, like, from the D to the O to the S to the E, which, which, you know, some, you, you, you kind of wonder, are there people out there that are just rocking with a lot of S and you're just like, man, that, that person's really confident. Like, you know what I'm saying? And, and it's interesting how one's body might regulate those things. And absolutely. And, and that's a good point because when someone comes in um, to, for me um, as a mental health counselor, and I do an intake packet, one of the things that I am doing is I'm looking at the bio, psycho, and social. And so that bio component of um, what I, the information that I want to know about them has to do with their um, generational, um, the generational impact of mental health on their family. So I'm looking at legacy. I'm looking at, you know, did your mom have depression or anxiety or, you know, fill in the blank, but right. there could have been a, a chemical imbalance in the brain. So when you're talking, when you just said that, are some people walking around with more dopamine or more endorphins yeah. than others? Yeah. Could be. Yeah. Super interesting. I mean, as a leader or a manager or whatever position you have in your company, it's almost as if, you know, when we talk about emotional intelligence and one's ability to kind of manage one's own emotions and or be aware of one's own emotions and be aware of the emotions of others and so on and so forth. You know, it really makes me think like you should almost have like a dose checklist when somebody comes in and you're starting to manage them. You're like, all right, where's this person oh, at? You know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> where, where you know what, Rick, you say that laughingly, but <laughs> the reality is, you know, that's how I determine, you know, where my clients are. I ask yeah. them on, hey, on a scale of one to 10, you know, how are you feeling today? What, what What's yeah. going on with you emotionally? And if they are emotionally intelligent, they can say, uh, you know, Dr. Jada, um, it's probably a five today. Right. Okay. And so that is important. So uh, you laugh, but that is a great yeah, it's, it's what you do. <laughs> it's what you do. Yeah. That's very cool. Well, do you feel like employees and users of uh, of listeners on call are more likely to open up to someone via the phone? I do. I do. Um, so, you know, the reality is technology is has be is just incredible right now as it relates to um, how I do my job as a therapist. I'm able to connect on many levels, um, but I think. What's the most important is that we're connecting through spoken word. 
Um, even though, again, love technology, love to be able to text my client. I love to be able to, you know, send the emails. But there's just something about that spoken word being able, again, like I said before, release something. And um, one thing that talking over the phone provides, it does maintain that anonymity, which some people really need, which is why when we start talking about mental well-being, some people close up because we haven't quite gotten there a hundred percent for just being able to talk about what we're really feeling. You know, I always encourage my clients to honor their feelings, you know, ask what, what is pain or what is fear telling you in this moment, right? As opposed to being afraid of it and hiding it and not talking about it or what is in, you know, I feel embarrassed. Um, what is embarrassment telling you right now about this situation? And so to be able to speak openly about these um, stressors that we may have, absolutely. I think that it is very helpful to be able to talk um, anonymously over the phone. But of course, we also have other um, technological devices that we can utilize as well based on uh, the need of the client. Very cool. Um, you know, when we talk about uh, the health, uh, health and wellness, and stereotypically, we're talking about like you know your biometric markers and a lot of stuff like that in the healthcare kind of consulting space. Mm-hmm. Um, and then people call them wellness plans, so they say, "Okay, we're going to have a wellness plan." Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's always hard. It's like, uh, let's say that an employer has to pay you know a couple hundred thousand dollars for a very large firm. Mm-hmm for say a plan, right? A wellness plan. And then one might say in the HR department, well, how do we know we're getting a return on our investment? And it's tough, right? Because as a consultant, you'd say, well, how do you prove you didn't have a heart attack? Mm -hmm. Uh, And the long-term costs associated with that heart attack, the coming back to work, the the replacing the person while they're out of work, the just the, all the components that actually go into that, the the well-being of the individual and their ability to, to perform in the job. And presenteeism is a word that we've we've kind of come up with to say like how present are our people and these are intangibles they're kind of hard to measure in some circumstances you can measure better than others you know and what that makes me as i process all of those things and think through the history of wellness it's been a challenge to to say okay that the hundred thousand dollars you spent on this was worth it right Mm -hmm. Um, you know, how, how have you found it possible to measure the value when offering this type of support? Yeah, thank, uh, thank you for that. First of all, I, I just think you um, presented that so well because it, it can be a challenge. And, you know, as listeners on call as an organization, um, one of the things that we know is that um, metrics are so very important. But we also um, try to go beyond the metrics to impact um, we personally, we see success when we know that those who feel listened to, they feel heard. And it's very much an individual um, process. You know, again, when I'm working with very specific people on very specific issues, um, if I'm working with 20 people, there are 20 different outcomes to those issues. And so Really what um, we look at would be the impact. And so we ask in the beginning, once a person kind of steps out and makes that um, connection to a listener, we ask them, how are you feeling right now? And then after the call, we ask, how are you feeling? 
And so there's a before and after scale and there's that impact score that's so important to us at the very end. And that what we found is that 97% of our members uh, feel better after the call. Afterwards. So you're, like, you're essentially creating a baseline. You're basically saying, look, here's, here's where we started. Mm -hmm. You know, it would be no different if I was doing like a physical uh, program with you and, and you're like, well, send me pictures of your physique now yeah. and then send it to me later. Did this meet the objective? Correct. And uh, I get you. Okay. No, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. um, so how would you, how would you encourage users essentially to, to, to start the conversation? Absolutely. Um, and I have to disclose that I also use uh, listeners and I have my own set of listeners that I really like. Um, but I would first just say, um, listen to the stories of the listeners and and see who you connect with first. And this is mostly about showing up as genuine and authentically as possible. But um, the listeners offer topic recordings. And then once you find someone that you connect with, you have an opportunity to connect right there on the spot, or you can schedule a connection later, or, and right after that, you can type in um, what you want to talk about. And so to me, that's kind of a soft entry for a person to be able to connect to a listener. And then the con connection will activate immediately once um, that person decides who they want to speak with, or they'll receive a reminder. But it's really just saying, hey, I connect with that person because it's, um, you know, I'm going through a divorce, they went through a divorce, I heard their story, I connected to that story, and I want to talk about divorce, and it's an, an easy segue into the conversation. All right. So Dr. Jada, you know, one of the questions I like to, to kind of hold on to the end, I guess, I guess I would say it's a personal one for you. Um, you know, is there anything else that you would want our listeners to know? Um, so Rick, I just think it's important when um, talking about mental health to just have the conversation, to just start the conversation. And, and I just believe that um, as a company, listeners on call, we just make it easy to start that conversation. And so, of course, this is an important benefit, I believe, for employees because sustaining their happiness, their overall well-being is essential um, to success. And so it's just starting that conversation. That's fantastic. Well, I just personally want to say thank you very much for taking the time to come on and, and speak with us today. Thanks so much, Rick. Absolutely. And the other thing I would say is just thank you so much to the listeners out there. Um, if you have any questions or would like to learn more about listeners on call, please contact us or look for information on our homepage at www.fbmc.com. And remember, you can find us and subscribe on any podcast app. Thanks and have a great day. Thank you for listening to Risky Benefits. If you're interested in learning more, please visit www.fbmc.com. We hope you'll join us next time on Risky Benefits.